Whenever I speak at mom groups or wrap up with a toddler family and mention when it might be time for their little one to stop napping, I often get confused or nervous faces and some hesitation. It's scary to think about your little one no longer taking a nap. One, how are you going to survive without that midday rest? And two, won't they be so tired? As a mama who's done it twice now and helped so many families do the same, I promise you, you'll make it. It's not an easy transition, but once you're on the other side, it's really freeing. You don't have to get home for lunch and nap time. You now have the whole day, and you don't have to lose that mid-afternoon rest time. You can replace that old nap time with a quiet time. Hey there, I'm Lauren Engler, your fellow mom friend and pediatric sleep consultant of Via Graces. This is a place where you'll learn all the sleep tips and tricks so you feel equipped to navigate the ups and downs of your little one's sleep. You'll also get an inside look at our family's life as I share the real joys and tougher moments of parenting. So whether you're nap trapped, driving to daycare pickup, or you're enjoying a solo evening walk, my goal is for this podcast to be another reminder that when it comes to most things in parenting, all it takes is a plan and a whole lot of grace. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, let's cut right to the chase here. The dreaded question we've all been waiting for. What age do toddlers and preschoolers usually stop taking a nap? It's generally time to drop that final nap sometime around the age of three, although for some it comes as early as two and a half and others might still be able to hang on for a bit longer. And yes, I've heard of the four and five-year-olds who are still napping every day and are sleeping well at night, and man, do I wish that was the case with our girls. But I will tell you, it's rare for an older child to still nap and fall asleep smoothly at night and sleep through. This is kind of embarrassing to admit, but I always had some notion that my children would surely keep napping until at least the age of three because I'm a sleep consultant and I was obviously just going to get lucky. Well, I am humbled to admit that both of my girls dropped their naps around the age of two and a half, so joke's on me. While my girls were around the same age as each other when it was time to drop their nap, their signs were very different. So let's chat through the signs it's time for your child to stop napping. Number one, bedtime becomes a battle and or gets really late. This is what happened with our oldest, Olivia. She was still taking great naps lasting around an hour and a half to two hours every day, so it certainly wasn't a matter of not knowing how to sleep. But at bedtime, she protested, and she protested big. She was not that kid who could hang in their crib happily for 30 minutes before falling asleep. If she wasn't ready for sleep, it was not happening. She'd scream and cry and jump and protest, and we'd check in, try to figure out what in the world was going on, reset, all the things, and then it clicked. She just wasn't tired enough. So we started by capping her nap, and then we'd push bedtime back a bit later, cap her nap, bedtime back a bit later. But no matter how we moved things around, she would protest bedtime. Sometimes it would only last a few minutes, but more often than not, her protest would last 30 to 60 minutes and she would not fall asleep until 8.30 or 9 p.m. And we are not fans of that late of a bedtime. Our baby was in bed by 7 and we wanted the quiet evenings that we once had back. So again, let me remind you, her nap was not actually the problem. It all came out at bedtime simply because she wasn't tired enough. This is one of the most common signs it's time for a child to stop napping. In order to be tired enough to fall asleep, sometimes we need to push bedtime back, and it's very common to have to make these schedule changes as your toddler gets older. 
But eventually, bedtime just gets too late. And at this age, I'm talking anything past 8.30 is just too late to really be able to get a full night of sleep, which is ideally still around 11 to 12 hours, though some older kids truly only need 10. Okay, so sign number two. The other most common sign your toddler is ready to stop napping is they simply stop napping. This is what happened with my middle daughter, Avery. We would lay her down for her nap, and while she was very happy to be in her crib hanging out, singing, playing with her lovey, sleep was not happening. Whether her nap was at 12.30, 12.45, or 1, she was not falling asleep. And she'd stay content for a full hour and a half to two hours before I just called it a no-nap day. She wasn't tired enough to actually fall asleep for her nap. For some toddlers, however, this could look like protesting through the whole nap, just like Olivia did at bedtime. And just like I didn't want my older daughter's bedtime to get much later than 8.30 p.m., I recommend not pushing a toddler's nap time much later than 1 p.m., and it's for the same reasons. The later their nap gets, the later they'll sleep, and the later their bedtime will get. And we always want to protect overnight sleep when possible. Now, finally, number three, the third sign your toddler or preschooler is ready to stop napping is that night wakings and or early morning wakings creep in. Your little one may be taking a great nap during the day and falling asleep while at bedtime, but they might start having night wakings again, or they may start waking up super early. And when I say super early, I'm talking starting their day before 6 a.m. No one wants to do that. And if you do, you don't want a child attached to you. And this is all a matter of sleep pressure. Sleep pressure is essentially what we want building up all day, both between wake up and nap time and nap time and bedtime, but also through the day as a whole. That sleep pressure is what helps our little ones fall asleep within a couple minutes, as well as stay asleep all night long. And night wakings out of the blue or early morning wake-ups starting to creep in can both be signs that a child doesn't have enough sleep pressure built up to help them make it through the night. You can certainly start by first capping their nap. If they usually nap for two hours, maybe start waking them up after an hour and a half and see if that helps with their overnights. You can also keep their nap the same and push bedtime back 15 to 30 minutes and see if that helps overnight. But eventually you get to a place where their nap is only 45 to 60 minutes. I don't recommend capping it any less than that. And or their bedtime is at 8.30. And by that time, there's really not another choice besides dropping the nap altogether or continuing to get a later bedtime. The goal is once they stop napping, they will have plenty of sleep pressure built up throughout the day to both fall asleep smoothly at night and stay asleep all night long until at least 6 a.m. Now, your toddler will eventually need to drop their nap, and you'll know by one of the signs I just walked through. However, they're toddlers, and toddlers really know how to keep us on their toes, and toddler sleep regressions are certainly a thing, and sometimes it really is just a matter of a little schedule shift. So how can you tell the difference between a temporary sleep regression or schedule shift versus needing to drop the nap altogether? My general rule of thumb is to wait about two weeks before making a big sleep change and dropping your toddler's nap altogether is definitely one of those big sleep changes. Remember in the last episode how I told you about our failed attempt to transition our youngest to one nap, mostly because we did not wait it out? This is that same rule again. Please wait. Toddlers are notorious for having sleep regressions and that's most often connected to language bursts. 
Their little brain is on overdrive learning this new skill. So why not wake up and practice talking at 2 a.m.? Or what would happen if I asked for one more hug or a drink of water or one more book after mom and dad leave the room? Before assuming they no longer need to nap and just cutting it out or significantly changing their bedtime schedule, hang tight and remain consistent with how you approach sleep and they may get back on track. You can shift their schedule 15, maybe 30 minutes to see if it will help, but don't do anything crazy. If after those two weeks, the majority of that time was still rough, now we're going to make bigger schedule shifts and then consider dropping their nap. So once you've decided it is time to drop their nap, how do you do it? Well, you drop the nap. Yes, just straight up drop it. For Jason and me, our evenings are our time. That's when we eat cookies and watch our favorite TV shows, or we catch up on work, or I go for a walk. He hangs with his dudes. I might paint. He might play video games. After a long day of work and parenting, that time is for us. So continuing to push Olivia's bedtime later and later just wasn't an option for us. So we dropped her nap altogether and did so by simply not offering it anymore. But don't worry, that doesn't mean your mid-afternoon break is all of a sudden gone. I recommend replacing that afternoon nap time with a quiet time, a time for your little one to play by themselves or have some screen time and reset, and a time for you to rest and reset. I'll actually be covering how to establish a quiet time in next week's episode, so make sure you don't miss it. Okay, so now we're dropping the nap, maybe replacing it with a quiet time. Now what? It's a big deal to drop a nap. Won't they be exhausted? Yes, yes, they will be. So here's what we're going to do. The most important part of this transition is an early bedtime. I'm going to say this again because it's very important. The most important part of this transition is an early bedtime. Your little one will be tired come 4 or 5 p.m. And trying to push them to even a 7 p.m. bedtime is going to be rough at the beginning. So when your child first stops napping, aim to have them in bed, lights out, kissing them goodnight around 6, 6, 15 p.m. I know that sounds crazy early, and it is, but it's so necessary. Then after a week or so, if things are going well, push their bedtime 15 minutes later. Then after another week or so, 15 minutes later again. And before you know it, you'll be at 7 p.m. If though at any time you push bedtime back a bit later, like maybe from 6.30 to 6.45, and your little one has a harder time falling asleep or maybe stirs more in the night or wakes earlier in the morning, go back to that previous time. So in this example, go back to 6.30 and do that for another week or so to help them further adjust and avoid more overtiredness. Many parents get nervous about this early bedtime because they're worried their child will now wake up extra earlier in the morning, but hear me out when I say that will very likely not be the case. Your little one will essentially tag on the sleep they didn't get that afternoon and still wake up at their usual time in the morning or potentially even sleep in a bit later. Olivia was sleeping a solid 13 hours overnight for a few months after she transitioned to no nap while Avery continued with her usual 12. Now here's a few extra tips for when your child's transitioning to no longer napping. Number one, if your child happens to doze during quiet time or later in the afternoon, this definitely happened to us a few times, wake them up after 20 or 30 minutes so it doesn't throw bedtime way off. Number two, have another rest and maybe snack time around 4 p.m. or so. This tends to be when kiddos who are still adjusting to no longer taking a nap tend to crash. 
So this is a good time to maybe give them a little screen time, have a snuggle, reading time with mom or dad, maybe even have a snack like some fresh fruit with natural sugars in it to just help perk them up. Number three, try to avoid any longer car trips in the late afternoons so your child doesn't fall asleep. And finally, note that it usually takes around four to six weeks for a child to fully adjust to any nap transition, and that is absolutely the case when your little one stops napping altogether. You may find that your toddler or preschooler still really hits a wall come 4 p.m., or it may take a solid month or longer before their bedtime actually sits at a consistent 7 p.m., or maybe their morning wake-up time might be all over the place for a bit. That's very normal. Give it four to six weeks. Before we wrap up, I just want to say, if you're listening to this and you just do not want to drop the nap, you're okay with a late bedtime if that means they keep napping. That's okay. The great thing about parenting is you get to make the decisions that are best for your child and family. So if you don't mind an 8.30, 9, maybe even 9.30 bedtime because your preschooler naps during the day, as long as they're sleeping well overnight and seem well-rested when they wake up and throughout the day, that's fine. Or similarly, maybe your little one is ready to drop their nap and you do so at home, but they're still napping at daycare or preschool. If your child still naps at daycare but not at home, I know it's confusing, maybe frustrating, but it's not because you're doing anything wrong and it's not because daycare is doing anything wrong. Your little one just doesn't need that nap anymore. But at daycare, kids have what we call a herd mentality. Everyone else is sleeping, so of course that's what I'm going to do too. When I work with families in this situation, that generally just means they're going to have a later bedtime during the week, maybe around 8.30 or 9, and an earlier bedtime on the weekends, closer to 7. Their sleep is just going to be spread out differently. If that late bedtime is really tough for you, or maybe your little one is struggling with a change during the week and the weekend, talk to the daycare or preschool. Ask them, hey, is there any way they can go to another room during nap time and maybe play with kids who aren't napping? Or ask if you can send them some quiet activities for your child to play with so while the other kids nap, they can still rest on their cot but not sleep. Or maybe they can wake your toddler up after just 30 minutes so they can still get to bed at a reasonable time. Remember, you are your child's greatest advocate and your child care providers want what's best for your little one and the others in their care. So have an open conversation and find out what could work for everybody. Alrighty, so wrapping up with the plan and the grace is here. What's the plan? The plan is sleep. The plan is the best sleep possible for your whole family. While it can seem overwhelming to think about your child not taking a nap anymore, it's worth it for their sleep and yours. And then use the plan I just walked through for how to actually drop the nap. And the grace, this is an overwhelming transition. Your toddler might have some extra meltdowns in the evening that are tough you might have some extra meltdowns that are tough. Having an earlier bedtime might make that evening feel crazy rushed or quiet time might take a while to really get into a groove. Please know that this is all normal and you will get through this transition. If you have friends who are nearing this nap transition or who are maybe struggling to figure out if it's time to drop the nap or what their options are, please send this episode their way. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. Next up is quiet time. And if you haven't already, please write a review so we can keep sharing this podcast with others. Thanks for listening.